Hello, everyone. My name is Katyra Poland. I am the CEO of Love for Worth, which is an editing boutique, but I'm also the creator and hostess of this podcast, Editor Knows Best. And we focus on um, speaking with authors, literary professionals, editors, publishers, etc. So I'm glad that you tuned in. The show airs every Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern, anchor.fm slash editor knows best. You can also listen on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and some other channels. Um, today we have a very special guest that I am looking forward to introducing you to and also getting to know her a little bit better. She has made it her mission to curate safe spaces that have hard conversations, especially in urban and other underserved communities. In 2017, she founded Stronger Than My Struggles, a mission-based organization with a focus on mental health and wellness. In May 2019, she launched the Crazy Like a Fox Tour, the first ever Black mental health awareness tour. Hard work pays off, and while she was on her groundbreaking tour, she was honored to win Literary Trailblazer of the Year in 2019 at the Indie Author Legacy Awards. Today's guest is Melanie Hill. Thank you so much for joining us today, Melanie. Thank you so much for inviting me. Fantastic. So I do know that you are the author of eight books, which is awesome and exciting. I would love for you to tell us a little bit more about your journey in, into writing and if it's something you've always envisioned for yourself. Well, you know, writing is what I always envisioned for myself. It's the thing that I did the most. It's what saved me from a real tumultuous childhood. Um, in an abusive home, I felt like I didn't have an outlet anyone to talk to. So writing became my outlet. Journaling became my everything. And it's a blessing because now today, not only is writing um, a big part of my career, but journaling and therapeutic writing is what I teach. And it's like the basis of my healing and my coaching business and the things that I'm able to help others with is because I learned how to write through my pains and struggles. And so it's just a beautiful thing that I've been able to carry this with me for over 30 years. Yes. And what would you recommend to our listeners who um, are aspiring authors and they may have experienced what you have or other uh, trials and tribulations and are hesitant to share their story? Well, first off, I'll say that you've probably already written it. When I first published my first book, what I realized is that I had already written so much that people needed to hear. I had just been afraid to tell them. And so for me, I was able to go back through my journals and some blogs that people had not seen and to put together a compilation of essays that gave the essence of what I wanted to convey. And so I, I want to just encourage them to go back through their pre previous writings because many of us, we don't have an outlet. So we are journaling, we are writing. We have little tidbits of information scribbled somewhere. That's your story. Yes. And someone is waiting to hear it. Yes, yes. And the, the other piece that I wanna add is not everyone wants to be published, which is fine. So like you said, a journaling is another option for those of you who don't are not necessarily looking to become published authors, but well, blogging. You, 
Yes, or blogging, absolutely. So again, um, you don't necessarily have to publish your story if that's not a goal. You do have other ways to um, use writing to get that out and express yourself. So thank you for mentioning the, the journaling, Melanie. I appreciate that. So I know that your latest book is Reclaiming My Time from the Nine to Five Grind. And a lot of our listeners are actually current or aspiring business owners. So um, what fueled you to write that book and what do you recommend to, to those who are interested in making that transition to becoming business owners? Well, you know, I haven't had a job since 2006. In 2006, the business that I was working for went out of business and they not just went out of business, but they disappeared off the face of the earth. And I couldn't find anyone who I previously worked with in a manager, uh, managerial position to be able to give me a reference. What that meant is it looked like I hadn't worked anywhere for the last three years. Mm. So I realized that even with the stability of a great job with benefits and a 401k, there was no stability. Mm. So that led me to starting my own business. And in 20, 2007, when I did, I realized that this was meant for me because over the years I had gained so much knowledge from running other people's businesses mm. that I was primed to do it. Mm. And what I realized is that I didn't like working for others. I didn't like being on anyone else's schedule. And it was imperative for me to find a way to continue to thrive without going back into that setting. And so I did what worked for me at the time. And it wasn't writing. <laughs> you know, it was a whole different career field, but it worked for me at the time. And over time, I was able to transition so many times to where I was able to finally reach the place where I want it to be. And so I want to encourage them to not think that it's going to work overnight, to not think that they're going to leave their job and leap into a six-figure position, to not think that um, things are just going to fall into place, that your first step out might not be where you want to be. But if it's a step in the right direction and it keeps you away from where you don't want to be, it's a good step. Yes, thank you for that encouragement. And will you please tell the audience a little bit more about um, your your agency or your company? Sure. So um, you may not be able to tell from looking at me or hearing me talk, but I'm legally emotionally disabled. So in 2010, I was diagnosed with PTSD, depression, anxiety disorder, and something called dissociative identity disorder, which means legally I have multiple personalities. So I had been going to therapy for seven and a half years, sometimes two to three days a week. <laughs> mm -hmm. And one day I walked into my therapist's office and she said, I don't take your insurance anymore. Mm -hmm. It was literally that simple. Like, you no longer matter. Um, screw your healing. I don't care where you're going to fall, but you can't fall here. Mm -hmm. And so I went home and I fell. I fell into my bed and I stayed there for days and mm -hmm. I didn't want to get up. You know, I have uh, severe depression and I kind of wanted to die. And I started to hear this voice and it kept telling me I'm stronger than my struggles. I'm stronger than my struggles. And I had a clue what it meant, but it wouldn't go away. Mm -hmm. And one thing I did know is that I'm a businesswoman. Mm -hmm. And if something's stuck in my head, I need to go buy the domain name. So mm -hmm. <laughs> and I had no clue what I was going to do with it. Right. You right. know, and so, you know, it was a little while later, maybe just maybe two months or so when God finally started to speak clear to me and told me that I was so screwed up because I had tried to put my healing and my support system on one person mm -hmm. when I needed a system. 
And so that made me realize I needed to build a community of survivors to support me and to be able to support them because I didn't want anyone else to experience what I experienced, to have only one person in their corner. And that's how Stronger Than My Struggles was launched. And from there, we've been able to do things like launch our four city uh, Black Mental Health Awareness Tour for over three years. We've led a therapeutic writing workshop for free in the Baltimore community. Uh, we were awarded uh, a commendation from Mayor Jack Young for that recent, uh, in 2019. Um, through Stronger Than My Struggles, we've been able to donate heavily during COVID. Um, I gave away about $15,000 mm -hmm. to people in need. We were able to do a Christmas donation this past year. Um, we bought gifts for over 80, Chris, uh, 80, 80 kids mm -hmm. from the U.S. to Canada. Mm -hmm. um, We've been able to do things like assist people with getting into mental health found, uh, facilities and all kinds of amazing things by supporting the community and people who have mental um, and emotional disabilities, as well as um, invisible illnesses like chronic pain and fibromyalgia. Congratulations to you. I'm so, um, you know, glad that you were able to get your business off the ground and that you are giving back to the community. That's always so important. So thank you for the work that you do. Thank you. You're welcome. And how would you, or for those who are looking to write a book, how would you recommend that they use their book to um, expand their brand? Or how do you use your book to expand your brand? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that. So to all my aspiring authors, let me be the first one to tell you, no one may read your book. It's okay. I learned early that your book is an expensive business card, okay? So I want you to treat it like that. I want you to realize that we're no longer in the days where you have to publish a book and have boxes piled up in your basement. That if you only get enough shipped to you, to send them out to the people that you feel like matter, that's fine. I want you to realize that your book is like a springboard to everything else that you want. Mm -hmm. So use your book to highlight your knowledge. Use your book to highlight the fact that you can facilitate. Use your book to get you on stages to speak. Use your book to uh, get you on podcasts and media interviews. Use the knowledge that you've used in your book to make people see the value in you and then create courses behind it or create a product behind it. Don't expect to become a millionaire off your book, but let the book be what people see to know that you have the knowledge to give them what they need. Definitely, thank you. And I agree with that. Um, there are so many different ways that you can um, that you can gain exposure for yourself using your book, um, all of the recommendations that you get, gave, and also, you know, taking your personality into consideration. I know some people are introverted, so um, they may choose to do things like, a, you know, get a feature on a blog, which doesn't require, you know, you to be in front of an audience, or you can pre-record a video if you're not comfortable going live. So don't let um, anything get in your way of gaining exposure. There are different ways that you can do it. Um, and thank you so much, Melanie, for giving us those recommendations. So I know that you have a, a strong passion for writing. It's something you've been doing for quite some time. Um, so generally speaking, does writing usually energize you or exhaust you? 
it depends on why I'm writing. You know, sometimes I write because I have like this thought and I have to get it out. And sometimes I write because I have pain and I have to get it out. It's like um, my book, Writing for My Sanity, it's actually writing for my sanity, emotions purged by the pen, you know, because sometimes mm -hmm. we have to purge. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we have joy. So I, I never you know, lump writing into any one thing. It's a lifestyle for me, whether I'm happy, whether I'm sad, whether I'm feeling innovative, you know, everything that I do in my business starts with me writing it out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thank you. And during your writing experience, have you ever experienced writer's block? And if so, how did you work through that? <laughs> oh God. Yes. Who doesn't? Like, you know, writer's block is something that will affect us all because who can think and be creative 24 seven, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like when you want to do it on command, it's not easy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for me, I've learned to give myself grace. Mm -hmm. um, I've learned to understand that sometimes just because I'm sitting down to write something in particular doesn't mean that's where my mind is, mm -hmm. you know, so I may have more than one project I'm working on that way. Um, if my mind wants to do something else, we do it until mm -hmm. it feels like it's gotten it out, you know, um, just um, give yourself some grace. And if you feel like you're blocked on something specific, write something else, right? Just that simple write something else when you get that out maybe your mind will clear and you'll be able to go back to that specific thing but don't beat yourself up because you can't write that specific thing right now maybe you need to unclear the clutter right step away I definitely recommend that just taking some time away and then coming back when it feels better or when it feels right so uh, thank you for sharing that um our listeners again they're they're either aspiring or current writers, and I'm sure they would love to know more about your experience um, publishing your book, um, whichever book you'd like to share about. Um, you know, they often have questions about, did you self-publish? Let me start there. I did okay. self-published. So, yeah, so if you could tell us a little bit more about your experience with self-publishing and any recommendations you have, that would be very helpful. Well, you know, I self-published uh, my first book in 2017. And my last in 2019. So I might be a little off on the new things that's going on mm -hmm. because in the self-publishing world, it seems like they are constantly moving yes. and new websites, new ways of getting your book out, new uh, ways of doing promo. Don't make me be the one. But <laughs> what I will tell you <laughs> is that I'm so grateful that I learned that it doesn't cost much to self-publish. What I thought for so long is that it would, keep, it would take so much money for me to get my book out. Mm -hmm. And then I found out that I could self-publish on almost any budget, right. even $0 if I wanted to. I wouldn't recommend it, but you can. So when I realized that all it really took to self-publish a book was to write the book, to have someone edit it, to have someone proofread it, and then to upload it onto things like Amazon. And at the time we had CreateSpace, it's on Amazon. <laughs> but to upload it onto Amazon. And if I did not have someone create my cover outside of that, the Amazon had a free cover creator. Mm -hmm. I didn't know it, you know? And so realizing that the only thing that would cost me money was actually the having my book edited and having my cover created if I so chose to. Mm -hmm. 
that changed everything. And so that's why I was able to self-publish so many books is because I realized that it didn't cost as much. It took more of my time and energy mm-hmm. than it did my money. And so to be able to stop and give myself that that time to invest in myself and yes. putting the things that I had knowledge of into a book so that other people would give me more money was worth it to me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And how did you go about finding your graphic designer, your editor, and your publisher? Believe it or not, I simply asked within my own network. I, I didn't go out looking you know, and as um, I started publishing, I did switch over to another editor later. Eventually, I started my own publishing company. I helped 14 other people become published authors, and then I filtered them through my editor. So, you know, it was like, oh, now I have an editor on staff. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because it just makes it easier if you're going to do it in volume, you know. So ask your network. Don't be afraid to ask questions, especially of someone who's already done what you're trying to do. Definitely. I agree with that. Um, I second that. So I thank you for sharing that. And you you shouldn't be afraid. There are so many resources and people available to help you who are willing to help you. So all it takes is for you to step out on faith and get it done. So mm-hmm. thank you uh, for that, Melanie. Um, so of course, this is Editor Knows Best. So I would love your perspective on um, the importance of editing and what that was like for you. So one of the things that I encounter with, with prospective clients is they're afraid um, to work with an editor because they don't want their voice removed. So what is your take on that and what recommendations do you have? Well, first, I think it's important to, you know, sample the editor. People be so afraid to ask somebody to do something as a sample. Mm -hmm. I need to see a sample of your work. So I'm going to send you a portion of my work and Mm -hmm. ask you to edit it to see how you edit it and if you can capture my voice. That's most important. So before you just decide not to do it, get a sample. Exactly. It's really easy. It is, it is, it is. So um, I've been editing for four years now. And one of the things I do up front is that I have a consultation. So we have a conversation, make sure we're on the same page, that I can deliver what you need, that I'm able to um, you know, deliver what you need, and that we're both, we will both be satisfied working with each other. And I also offer the complimentary um, sample edit. So I agree with that. And for those of you who are listening who might be afraid to move forward again, like she said, just ask for a sample. And then if it doesn't pan out, you can just say, you know, I'm going to choose to work with another editor. And, and then on the other, say, go ahead. Don't skip the editor. Remember I said you can self-publish for free, mm-hmm. but I don't recommend it. And remember I filed it with the only two things you need to pay for or your editor, and possibly your book cover. And then I told you that Amazon has a free cover creator. So you notice that I focused on, you need to pay an editor. (laughs) Yeah. Did you catch it? (laughs) So I I need you to understand that because there are so many things that if we do it ourselves, we will miss. Right. Because we're reading it in our own voice. We're reading what we know we wrote instead of what we wrote. Yes. It's very, very important to have an editor go over your book. That is their job. They know how to make the book more readable for your uh, reading audience. Yes. Let them do their job so that you look your best. For sure. 
Yes, thank you. I couldn't have said it any better than that. Thank you so much for having our backs. So sometimes editors um, <laughs> don't get the, the recognition. So I appreciate that you recognize the importance of um, you know the editing process and that you feel it was valuable worth your time, your energy, and also your money to pay for that. So that is great. Um, so who are some of the authors and writers that inspire you? Well, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that no no I know way too many authors and if I don't say everybody's name then I didn't say anybody's name no I, I read my own books I, I refuse to play that game you ain't getting me in trouble nope no um, let me do the classics I love Maya Angelou mm -hmm. and and um uh, you know, I, I just I love um, uh, James Weldon Johnson and, and Langston Hughes. And, yes. you know, let's let's pull some names out the air so nobody want to fight me. <laughs> right. I mean, those are, <laughs> those are all legends. So you can't go wrong with any yeah, of them. You're not so. getting me in trouble, girl. All these days. Right. I know they'd be like, why you ain't plug me? You're like, mm -mm, nope. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, in relation to um, the, the more personal book that you wrote, you'll have to remind me of the title. Um, was that helpful in a therapeutic way for you when you were writing about your story and what you experienced? Oh God, yeah. So you're probably talking about Reflections of a Survivor, um, which was my first anthology. Okay. And I put it together with a, a couple of other survivors from across the US. And inside I shared 10 different essays about my life and things that I had been through. And it was the most cathartic thing ever. You know, in fact, it was the first time that I ever publicly shared that I had been living with a incurable STD for almost 20 years. You know, so it was a, a way of me saying, I'm no longer who I had presented myself to be. And I'm gonna let everybody know who I am. This is what I stand for. These are the things I'm about and get to know the new me from here out. And it was like a declaration and it was a, a very healing thing. Awesome. And do you mind um, sharing what an anthology is for our listeners who may not know? Sure, an anthology is a, collections of, a collection of stories based on a similar topic. So like I did um, an anthology reflections of a survivor so they're all survivor stories um i did one called um the strength of a woman and so in that one it's focused on women overcoming adversity and then reclaiming my time from the nine to five grind which was mentioned at the beginning is actually an anthology of women who were able to leave their full-time employment to start their own jobs and own businesses and be able to um, thrive and so it's a collection of stories on a, a similar topic um, that allows people to share and give an insight into something yes thank you so much so you know, if anyone, if any of the listeners are interested in anthologies, of course, you can, you know, research the different options. I often see call for, for anthologies for authors to participate. So if that's something you're interested in, that might be a good way to step into becoming an author instead of coming out with your own book. Go ahead. And it's a good way to make money as a writer. So I want you to know my first book that I published um, under Stronger Than My Struggles was my book of poetry, Writing for My Sanity. And after that, I started saying, hey, I'm publishing a book in three months. This book is going to be this, this, and this. I'm looking for co-authors. And so 
I charged my co-authors to be in the book. Right. And then I put together a package to where they got a certain amount of books along with the package. And, you know, we did promo and stuff. So there was a way for me to make money off of writing the book before I ever wrote the book. With Reflections of a Survivor, I had sold 200 copies of it before it was published because I sold it to the people in it. Yes, that's you awesome. Know, not only that, but you can use the back of your book to make money as well. So if you have a book where um, you want to be able to um, share someone else's information, so you can say, check out these other authors and then allow them to put their picture, their bio information, that kind of thing, especially in a digital book, because those links matter and people can click the links automatically. Right. So get your coins. Yes, yes. Thank you for sharing that. That's um, awesome advice and appreciate the recommendation. Yeah, so thank you again. So the next question I have um, is, how did you come to, how, how did you move forward with sharing such personal struggles and challenges? Because I know a lot of people want to write, but they're afraid of being judged. Um, they're afraid of being vulnerable and talking about things that not things that are maybe negative or, you know, uncomfortable. So how did you move forward with that? Well, growing up in an abusive household the way I did with domestic violence, sexual assault, and um, emotional and mental abuse, I was constantly trying to tell people at a young age what happened and no one wanted to hear it and my parents denied it. And so for me, I was like the little boy who's cried wolf because I was always trying to tell someone but every time I did, no one wanted to hear or the adults around me called me a liar. And I mean, that went so far as to my mother standing on my abuser's side in court and telling the judge I was a liar. So I developed this thing where one, I don't lie. I, I don't have the capacity to lie. Like I'm gonna tell you the truth, whether it hurts you, whether it breaks your heart, whether it hurts me, you're gonna get it. And at the same time, now I'm a, I'm a true screamer, not a true teller but a true screamer because my truth was denied so long that it will never be denied again. So I feel like I have to share my story. I have to tell it because so many people judged me for who I was um, previously, not understanding how I got there. Mm -hmm. Thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, so when you, when you were writing about these personal things, did you ever worry about how it will make other people feel, such no. as your mother or your no. father? Or No, okay. Okay. they didn't worry about how I felt as I suffered through it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what would you recommend to someone who maybe is hesitant because they're worried of how it impact other people? It's your time to heal. Mm -hmm. It's your time. Like, you're not that kid anymore. You're not that person who no longer has control your abuser is going to always be mad if you tell <laughs> it's mm -hmm. never going to be a time where it's okay right. to tell right. never yeah yeah tell anyway yeah so you just have to yep get out there thank you so much for for sharing that personal you know testimony with us i definitely appreciate that um and what other Things that you've encountered along your journey, do you think it's impor important for either business women or um, other entrepreneurs or authors to know? What's something that you learned that you wish you would have known uh, before you got started on the journey? Well, if you're going to write nonfiction, go to therapy. If you're going to tell your story, mm -hmm. go to therapy. If you're going to tell the story of someone else that you witnessed things happen to, go to therapy. You know, um, 
these things make it easier to tell the story. I know so many people who get stuck trying to write because they have not healed through the things they're trying to write about. Go get help. It's okay. Yeah. Yes. Um, secondly, I would tell you to give yourself some time and some patience. You know, I think J.K. Rowling was writing the Harry Potter series for like 12 years before she published one. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Mm -hmm. No stress, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. take some time and allow other people to read it because you're probably harder on yourself than you need to be. Mm -hmm. And you might be right on the right track or you might have already got right to the point. Mm -hmm. Let somebody else read it. Mm. So did you use beta readers for, for your books before you Definitely. published? Okay. Okay. And do you mind sharing what that is for our listeners who may not know? Uh, that's allowing someone to read the book or your manuscript in time uh, before you publish it so that they can give you an idea of if you're conveying your message, if you're on the mark, um, where you may be losing people at and how you can improve it. Yeah. yeah so I would recommend um, when you use beta readers to get feedback and to get testimonials because you can use that before your book is published to build buzz for your book. So that's another thing that you can do um, for marketing your book and getting it out there. So thank you for you know telling us more about the beta readers. So it has been a pleasure speaking with you and getting to know more about you and your business and your journey. Journey. I would love for you to tell our listeners where they can contact you if they're looking for a publisher, they want to buy your books, or they're interested in your other services. Well, I'm no longer publishing, so don't okay. come looking at me for that. <laughs> <laughs> Ask her. But if you're looking for me to learn more about my writings, to learn more about my free writing workshop, or even about my therapeutic coaching, then you can find me at MelanieHill.com. Or you can go to strongerthanmystruggles.com. And we're also on all social media as Stronger Than My Struggles. Thank you so much, Melanie. Again, I appreciate your time, your expertise, your feedback, and your recommendations. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Again, Editor Knows Best airs every Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern, anchor.fm slash Editor Knows Best, some other channels you can tune in. Thanks again. Be safe and be well, everyone.